Welcome back to this week's episode of Breaking Up with Michaela Samantri. That's me. Thank you so much to everyone that has sent in feedback for the title of this podcast. I do really appreciate the time that you took out of your day to message me. And I think we are all on the same page of keeping the title, which I'm happy about because I do really love the title and I appreciate everyone's creative input with how to um, use it creatively in different ways or different topics that go beyond love, dating, relationships, and breakups. So this week we are talking about breaking up with my old like sexual identity or coming to terms with it. And I really wanted to talk about how um, I learned to accept my more fluid sexuality of liking men after coming out as a lesbian, basically. Um, Because I've hinted at this a couple of times in the last two episodes of this season, and I think it's a really good topic that I want to dive deeper in on because I, I surprisingly had a really hard time with that, and it definitely took up a lot of space in my brain when I started dating a man after um, a breakup with a woman and learning to identify my fluid sexuality. So I kind of wanted to break that down this week and figure out why and how I really came to terms with being okay with who I am, which might sound dramatic, but we're going to get into that, I promise. Um, Before we do that, though, I did just want to point out that in case you did not know, I do have an Instagram account for this podcast and I keep up with it on a weekly basis with content relating to the episodes. So definitely follow breaking up underscore podcast on Instagram. It's also a great way to send over some input or ideas or anything that you want me to mention. Um, Instagram would be a good place for that. But I'm currently sitting in my office on the pink couch. I'm all curled up in like a little ball. I have this long new skirt on and I bring this up because I'm also vlogging today. So I am actually multitasking right now and I have my vlogging camera going as well as this podcast to do a little, you know, cross promotion here. Um, I'm curious if anybody listens to the podcast. Also, that's my cat scratching the couch. Can't stop it. These recordings will just include cat content as well. But I'm curious if there are any listeners of this podcast that don't watch my YouTube videos If you don't, please watch them. Um, I just finished filming, because I'm going to talk about it for the next couple of minutes, but I just finished filming the after reveal portion of my latest room makeover video. I am so excited to get that up in a few weeks. The space really transformed into a beautiful place in my home and I think it reflects my identity really well and just feels so homey. So I won't say too much about that because I don't want to spoil it, but there is a new transformation makeover video coming out soon and I like to dress up a little bit for the after clips. So I have this long skirt on and the girls the girls know, but I just discovered today that the skirt has two pockets and It was the best news I've received in weeks, honestly. Like, this long skirt, and it's like those maxi flowy skirts. I love wearing those in the spring and summertime. I've never had one with pockets, and they're like sturdy pockets. Like, I could put my phone, keys, wallet. It would bulge probably, but (laughs) 
I can fit some stuff in there. So I'm really excited about that. And the long maxi skirt just flows over my whole body right now on the couch. So I do feel all tucked in and wrapped in a blanket right now recording this episode. Um, But I hope everybody had a great week. I want to include more of like weekly recaps at the beginning of my podcast episodes. I like to record them pretty promptly before uploading. So like today is Thursday, March 30th, and this is going up tomorrow morning. So I want it to be pretty live time with my life, but I had a pretty great week. This current work week has been pretty busy with finishing up the makeover video. I also was recording two separate different vlogs. So I've been, I don't like to pile up um, different videos at the same time because it's really hard to go through footage and figure out what belongs where. And no matter what, I will always forget a clip because I am like moving so many clips around that I'll lose one. But um, yeah, I've been creating a lot of content this week. It's a content heavy, heavy week. Usually... Um, I don't think anyone really cares about this, but usually if I get my eyelashes filled, I am recording footage that week because I feel the most confident with them done. And then as my lashes fall out, I edit that week or spend more time like working out or in the sauna doing things that aren't necessarily good for eyelash extensions. But if I get all of my content done with that I need to get recorded, after getting my lashes filled, um, then I don't really have to worry too much about my eyelashes before my next fill. So I got my lashes filled this week, which means I've been recording a lot of content. Um, but I also I also feel the need just to stock up on footage because I actually feel because last week I sort of took some days off. My partner Ashton. Um, had a few days off of work, which really never happens. He's a tattoo artist in Minneapolis and he books out through the year. Like they are booking, I think next fall at this point. I forget how far his books are out right now, but he's, he's booked and busy, which means if something comes up in like June, I know he's going to be working and won't be able to come. Like, I really do have to tell this man, like, six to nine months in advance, like, hey, don't do anything this evening because I'd like to go out to eat. <laughs> but it's all good because we're both pretty hardworking people, so it works really well. Um, that being said, he gave himself a little spring break last week, which was really nice. He had Monday through Thursday off, and we got to spend some time together midweek during the day, which never happens. Um we didn't do anything too crazy. I did have some ideas to do like a staycation downtown at a nice hotel or go to Stillwater for the day. But honestly, even though it was technically spring break, it was snowing. It was in like the teens and 20 degrees. It was freezing. I still do want to go to Stillwater for the day, but I'd rather not be freezing walking in between stores. So we just kind of hung out, went to, went out to eat at a few of our favorite restaurants. I think we went to Chow Bella in Bloomington, which is one of my favorites, as well as um, this bar pub in Uptown that I really love. 
They have the best Impossible Burger there. Oh my god. And gosh, I feel like we went out to another favorite restaurant of mine, but I can't remember. I know we did. Yeah, I don't know. We didn't do anything too crazy, but oh, we did go to the MIA one day, which is the Minneapolis Institute of Art, one of my favorite museums here. It's also free, which is kind of rare to come by these days with museums, and I do really appreciate that the MIA is able to keep admission free, or I believe it's like one of those places where you can donate or decide how much you'd like admission to be, so some people will... um put like 10 or 20 bucks into this glass jar when you walk in. But the MIA is really, really large and filled with so many different exhibits from art around the world, like crossing so many different time periods. And it is home to some of my favorite postmodernism, impressionism paintings. Like the paintings on the top third floor of this museum, I could be up there all day. So Ashton had never been yet. And he loves art. I mean, he's a tattoo artist, so it's nice that he and I both enjoy art and being creative. So we spent the day there, which was so fun. Um, I got to show him all of my favorite paintings. There are so many great pieces by Matisse and Monet and Renoir that are there. Um, Degas, a lot of different sculptures of Degas, which I don't normally see because Degas also has a lot of paintings. Um, I... There are a few pieces by Georgia O'Keeffe that I love, so it was really fun to uh, walk around a place that I grew up going to and being able to show Ashton, who didn't grow up here, some of my favorite paintings, and it's just beautiful in there. Like, this grand marble staircase, it feels like a palace, and I remember thinking it was a castle as a little kid. My grandma would take me there, and we would both bring a sketchbook. My grandma would sketch... And I had my own little sketchbook, so she wanted me to start sketching, like, different paintings that I saw. I have a lot of good memories inside that museum, so it was really nice to be able to go back. And we could not see everything we wanted to see, so I want to go back um, more. I want to go back again and walk around. It's also a nice thing to do by yourself, which is how I kind of had the idea to go because um, earlier that week I went to a few of my favorite spots in Minneapolis and kind of wanted to feel like a tourist in my own city again and take myself out and be excited by places that I might have started to um, just become so used to that the novelty or specialty of it wasn't prevalent, but it is. And I want to treat my city like a novelty again. So I might have a little personal day. I might have a little, I might take myself on a date back to the museum, like on my own soon. But yeah, we had a great time at the museum. We also went to St. Paul to go antique store shopping. That felt a little redundant, but antique shopping. Um, St. Paul has a ton of great antique shops and they have this one called the mall or rc cola antique mall i believe which is huge like honestly one of the best antique stores in the twin cities area that i've been to 
and we both got a ton of cute items there. I got some new candlesticks, which are in the makeover video that you'll see soon. I got a little water pitcher. I got this beautiful canvas um, in a gold, like a print inside of a gold frame of a fairy looking at the moon, a little like nude fairy sitting on the curve of the moon, making eye contact with the moon. And it's it's so me. If you saw it, you would just know that I would love it. And I do love it. So I got, I got that. Um, we went to Cafe Astoria in St. Paul too, which if you're in the area and have not been, highly recommend. They're definitely known for their latte art. Um, they're the place with like the edible gold lattes or the lavender glitter matcha. Um, I got the creme brulee latte with soy milk this time and they glaze the top of it the way that they glaze creme brulee so it was super yummy we also went to one of my favorite crystal stores that day after antique shopping we went to awakenings kind of in the minnehaha hiawatha area i love that store um again highly recommend if you live here in the area to check it out ashton had never been to that one but he is definitely into crystals and rocks almost I don't want to say as much as I am, but he's almost there. <laughs> so we got some Witch's Fingers Fairy Quartz. It is beautiful, stunning. It's a type of quartz and I've never seen it before, but it kind of looks like pink cactus quartz. It's really fun. They're in like quirky, funky shapes that look like knuckly fingers, which I think is why obviously they're called Witch's Fingers. I will say mine looks a little phallic, but I love it anyway. Um, and they're pretty rare to come by. Like if you look up witch's fingers, they're not the most common stone that you would see at a crystal or metaphysical shop. So it was cool to come by that. Um, yeah, I had a pretty busy week out, honestly. I think I'm coming out of, <laughs> coming out, speaking of, right on brand for this episode, but I think I'm coming out of like that Minnesota hibernation period where I just didn't leave my house all winter and I would only go to the grocery store or um, the post office or the gas station or my boyfriend's place. But now that spring is here and even though the weather doesn't really reflect it as well, um, I still feel like it's spring and I can still trick myself into thinking it's warmer than 25 degrees. But now that we're in spring, I want to start going out again. And I have this new energetic wave of I want to go like browse at a bookstore and go to museums and feel part of Minneapolis again. Like I just was so introverted for so long that I forgot to treat my city like I'm a tourist. And that's my favorite thing to do is seeing where I live in a new set of eyes or as if I was visiting a town. So I went to one of my favorite bookstores this last week in Uptown called Majors and Quinn. And I love that place. Like seriously, when I was younger and didn't have like a good safe hideaway place at home that felt quiet and safe, I'd go to that bookstore and I would just read in like an aisle for hours. They're open until 10 p.m. It was the best. And because it was so central, I remember like being 21 and maybe getting happy hour with a friend or something and then walking over to the bookstore 
a little tipsy and just hanging out there for a few hours. So I have a lot of good memories inside Majors in Quinn and I always end up spending too much money when I'm there on books, but I was really good this last week and I didn't, I don't think I bought anything. Um, but I went in with that mindset of you cannot buy anything. So I didn't pick up any book that I knew I'd want to buy. I browsed, I read a little bit, I looked in sections that I don't normally look in, and I found this really cool section on like Minnesota history, which I am a big geek about. I love learning about local history. I feel so connected to it. I love when I've like been to a certain place or like I can feel like I know what the book is talking about. I don't know. I just really like local history because I feel part of the story. So I found the Minnesota history section and I was reading about um, like Hennepin County in the early 1900s and what my neighborhood looked like hundreds of years ago. But there was this one book about all of the Minneapolis like hauntings or places that are haunted in the Twin Cities. And I opened that book. It's an alphabetical order of all these places. And the first thing that's listed is Adams Hill Park. Now, I grew up in Richfield and the park that my mom and I used to walk to or bike to as a kid, like all the time, was Adams Hill. I have a lot of memories in Adams Hill. That's where we would go sledding. It's where we'd play at the park. It's probably where I learned to, you know, swing all by myself. It's where I got a splinter. It's where we would play like in the volleyball sand or a basketball it's where we would take our dogs on like walks to so literally i have like 20 plus years of being in this park and it's the first thing in this book oh my gosh let me tell you so and i hope this is interesting to people that have no idea where this place is uh, i'm totally just rambling right now but uh, if you are in the area or know the Richfield burbs at all, Adams Hill, like, we love that place. Anyway, I guess in the early 1900s, Adams Hill used to be part of this farmland, and there were just acres of farm, and I'm really glad that's still, like, accurate to what the farm used to look like. They have, like, a really old photo of it, and I, I, I was like, yeah, that's Adams Hill. Um, and... I guess the farmer got really depressed and there's this one really, this trigger warning, by the way, I'm so sorry for starting a podcast off this dark, but there was, there's this one really big tree at the bottom of the hill and, um, the farmer like offed himself like in that tree and it took weeks before anybody found him. And so I guess he still roams the park and people have claimed to have seen someone wearing like old-fashioned farm wardrobe looking clothing that circles the park and walks it in the evening. And there is like an eerie, quiet vibe that you get in that park, especially if nobody else is there. So I'm so curious because I've spent so many days and like afternoons even like evenings there I'm so curious if we've seen him and just didn't realize if he was just like from afar walking I do believe in ghosts I and like the paranormal because who are we to say that it doesn't exist like there's so much out there that exists that I don't think humans are aware of so who knows it could be possible um and I've literally sat underneath that tree before and I've probably tried to climb it as well so that is really eerie to know 
Um, wow, I did not think I would be starting my podcast off talking about that, but I was just completely enamored by this book and in it. Like, I was reading every single place, and I even learned that the museum, that MIA, is haunted and that people have heard footsteps or felt a presence of someone inside of a gallery that wasn't there or they would hear people that weren't there. And I guess the idea is that a lot of art pieces, like the artists attach their energies to their art. And we have, like the museum has um, really old preserved items. So people think that the energies of ghosts are attached to that. Or there would be, I guess people have felt like gusts of cold air on them in galleries with no drafts. So really interesting to learn. I learned that um, a couple of mansions were haunted in like the nicer areas of like historic St. Paul. The Minnesota State Fairgrounds are apparently haunted. So it was fun. I really liked that book. But yeah, I just got completely lost inside book pages inside Majors and Quinn. Um, I also have been trying to kind of do some spring cleaning. I've been selling a lot of my clothes, trying to donate them. So I went to Buffalo Exchange and made $15 off of three items. So honestly, not bad. I mean, I brought in like a huge trash bag and they only took three things, but I'll take it. Um, yeah, I think I'm going to try one more secondhand clothing store. I also have them up on Depop too. I never really talk about that, but they're there if you want to check it out. Um, but I'm probably just going to donate all of my clothes that I don't want in a couple of weeks just to get that weight out of this home. But that's kind of like a recap of my last week or so. I've been getting out of my house more and trying to explore some of my favorite spots with new eyes. Um, yeah, I've got some exciting video content coming up and just trying to get back into the groove of spring and being busy and trying not to hibernate or be so introverted. But that's that's what's up this week. Um, <laughs> one last thing that happened this week that's kind of fun is I found my love for cooking again. I definitely go through phases where I enjoy cooking and times where I am very annoyed that I have to cook or just don't want to. So my meals will alter between something super easy and not as fresh or something that's quick to make. It will alter between that to kind of what I've been in the last couple of days where I take so much like happiness and joy out of the process of cooking and having that routine. So I've been making some fun dinner meals lately and like being on Pinterest and feeling inspired to try to cook something a little bit out of my comfort zone. I wonder how long this phase will last because I definitely web in and out of my love for cooking. Um, when I was in my young 20s in my apartment, I felt like I cooked a lot and it kind of hit me that I haven't felt that love for cooking or taken advantage of my kitchen to cook big meals like that yet. And I mean, now I've got this beautiful big counter space and kitchen to do so. So how come I haven't had that urge or love to want to cook? So I'm trying to connect to that side of me again and get more comfortable in the kitchen. I think cooking with Ashton over the weekend has a part 
of why I feel this way because I just had so much fun cooking with him. And we do that like often as normal couples do, but we wanted to make something a little nice that weekend. So we made this really great um, lemon angel hair pasta, like mushroom um, creamy pasta with salmon and mussels which was so good. We had it with baguette bread and then chocolate-covered strawberries. And we also just discovered this, like, spicy tequila. Um, it's called Ghost Pepper. And it's... Um, the distributor, I believe, is in Minneapolis. But we knew about Ghost Pepper for a while from a bartender that we went... That we talked to, I believe, over the summer last year. Because Ashton and I are big fans of spicy tequila drinks and like actually spicy margaritas or spicy drinks. Um, Because some places they'll have like a jalapeno margarita, but it won't be spicy. This one place that we went to used ghost pepper tequila and the bartender gave us a shot of it and was like, you've got to check this out. And it was so good. It was so spicy, like exactly what you want when you're making a spicy margarita with like a little bit of tahini on the rim. Um, So we picked that up and made some really great margaritas out of that as well. And I think those few hours cooking in his kitchen together like really um, opened up this love for cooking that I have again. So I have really been enjoying my kitchen this last week. I also had a great time at the grocery store. Can you believe you're listening to a podcast episode where this girl is saying, oh, she had a great time at the grocery store. <laughs> Thank you for being my therapist right now and letting me vent about my week. Because that's the thing. I spend so much time alone that I don't think that I talk about my day to the point that is probably healthy to somebody else. Like, um, you know, like, of course, Ashton and I talk or I see him every few days, but I don't have someone to like tell all of my thoughts to all the time. So I'm using my podcast episode as that at the moment. So thank you for listening. But sometimes, I mean, the grocery store can give me like social anxiety and it can be very overwhelming to go. But I found a really good routine. I bring my AirPods. I go at a very calm time, whether that is in the middle of a work day or right before, not right before close, but like an hour before Trader Joe's closes, it's pretty empty on the inside. And that way I don't feel rushed or in anybody's way and I don't have to worry about running into anyone. So um, yeah, I just felt very inspired at the grocery store to cook a lot of different meals. And the other night I made this vegan orzo warm salad concoction, which was delicious. I got the recipe off of Pinterest And it is just full of really good hearty vegetables, mushrooms, chickpeas for protein. Um, Yeah, lots of good stuff in there. I linked it on my Instagram story. So definitely follow me on Instagram if you haven't because I want to start sharing more food recipes. And I actually got a lot of good feedback from people asking me to share more. So I should make a a highlight, honestly. Um, And then... I made it to the food side of TikTok, which I used to not enjoy, but there's something so satisfying now for me to watch someone prep their meals or like find inspiration out of that. So I started making my own ginger shots again um, and stocking up on that. 
and I'm having a lot of fun trying different recipes. I also am on a chia seed pudding kick right now, so I've been prepping that a lot. But back to what I've been making for dinner, that's why I was bringing this up. Um, I I made this like Asian tofu curry meal last night, which was really good and had a lot of like um and had a lot of like traditional Asian vegetables that are in like curries or tofu, which I haven't had in a while, like those little tiny corn I forget what they're called, but like the the little corn pieces and um and like snow peas and some other vegetables that I'm honestly blanking on what they're called right now. But that one really white, oh, it starts with an O, not an onion. I don't know. I'll get, I can't think of it. But yeah, that was really good last night. I bought some jackfruit, which I didn't even know Trader Joe's sold until my laser technician told me she got jackfruit from Trader Joe's. And I love jackfruit. There's this one restaurant that makes a really, really great jackfruit taco um, that I love to get and it's completely vegan. So um, I bought some jackfruit and I'm going to try to make that either tonight or tomorrow. I got all the stuff that I'd want for jackfruit tacos like corn tortillas, onions, avocado, um, cilantro. So hopefully it's good. I've got some taco seasoning as well for the jackfruit, but yeah, I'm like looking forward to cooking again. And honestly, I think it has something to do with the fact that I finally finished the dining room area and my house just feels so, or at least the kitchen and dining room feels really homey and cozy and ready to be loved and used. So I'm spending a lot of time in there, but it's been really therapeutic and enjoyable. So yeah. This episode is brought to you by Banish Skincare. I've been using Banish products for almost two years now and my skin is forever changed. Banish uses natural, clean, and fresh ingredients that make your skin glow, clears up blemishes, reduces redness, and aging. Not only that, but Banish has an at-home micro-needling treatment that has truly changed my skin and has brightened my face, reduced acne scars, and helped reduce acne in general. This is not just an ad to me, but I recommend Banish to everyone. It's the only skincare company I will use and have used for years. They have this awesome vitamin C moisturizer that I put on every night and every morning and oil serum to use after microneedling that helps moisturize the face and reduce redness. There's a mint cleanser that feels so good on your pores, a fresh pumpkin enzyme mask, and most recently released an awesome sunscreen moisturizer with 30 SPF and an anti-aging retinal serum that I love to use before bed. What's awesome is you can get all of these products in a bundle that allows you to save money, or you can purchase them individually, but try out Banish today. I have an affiliate link in the description of this episode, as well as a discount code, so use code MICHAELA10 in all cap caps at checkout. That's MICHAELA10 for 10% off. I promise you, you won't regret it. If you got it, monetize it has been my mantra since 2020, and I firmly stand by it. If you have a talent, skill, or something that you are good at, monetize it. I really believe there is a way to make money doing what you love. Whatever that is, crafts, dance, public speaking, or even something like yoga, there is a way to monetize it. Check out my new merch on my spring shop linked below to rep your passion today in a stylish and cozy hoodie with the motivating reminder of if you got it, monetize it. And to say thank you to my listeners, use code PODCAST in all caps for 10% off your order. That is PODCAST at checkout linked below.
I don't know how I got onto that tangent, and I'm so sorry that I took up so much time talking about this last week, but moving on to what I kind of wanted this episode to primarily be about, um, learning to accept my fluid sexuality. So as I've mentioned, as I'm sure anyone who listens is aware of, I've been dating my boyfriend for almost two years now, which is crazy. We kept it on the DL for a long time, so I think that's why it doesn't feel like two years, but yeah, I don't think I said anything about it online, like, blatantly until one year in. I definitely hinted at it in a couple of YouTube videos whenever I'd get a tattoo from him, but I never, like, said anything about it online, and mostly that was to keep our relationship safe and private and I just didn't want to air it out before like I knew if it would be something that stuck um but also I was having a hard time figuring out how to say something because he and I got together um fairly quickly after I came out online so I just didn't really know what to do because even though I didn't give myself a strict label when I came out, like I didn't say like I'm a lesbian on Instagram, I just said I was coming out and in my YouTube coming out video, I think I talk about how I was struggling with labels and I didn't really want to label myself, but I knew that I liked women at the time, so who knows, but I still felt um, like... I had an uneasy feeling or I was confused on how to show my relationship online or mention it when I had just worked so hard and built up the courage to come out. Um, And it's funny because I think you would, or like, I always thought accepting that I liked women and coming out or dating a woman would be the hardest part, but actually I think it was accepting that I still like men or, you know, coming out the second time, sort of. Um, Yeah, so I definitely struggled a lot with my sexuality and who I was after this happened for a lot of different reasons, but just to give a really short recap, I... Um, started, I feel like I had hinted at bisexuality most of my adult life. I definitely probably knew in high school without realizing it. I mean, I definitely did now that I think back on some things, but at the moment, I think I was just pushing it all down or didn't want to accept it or thinking I just didn't need to highlight that part of my life if I just kept dating men, but, um, I think it was right before my 21st birthday when I confessed to two of my best friends that I thought I might have not been straight. And I was really confused because I I literally made a list of, like, all of the reasons that I'm not, that I don't think I'm straight versus, like, all the reasons why I like men still. Um, And it was confusing because at the time, I don't think I realized that it's not black and white like that. Like, it's not like gay versus straight. Like, you can like both. And I 
was having a hard time accepting that part of me. But yeah, I was just about to turn 21 the first time that it really like vocally left my my mouth about my sexuality. And then I hint at it. I hinted at it very, very subtly on Instagram. Well, maybe not subtly. I mean, now that I look back, I'm like, "Mm, that was pretty gay of you to post. But at the moment, I thought I was being pretty sly. Um, And then, yeah, like my best friend in my young 20s knew, her friends knew. I was very out about being bi, just not online. Although I guess in a YouTube video, like a really old one, it was like an ask me anything type of video when I had a couple thousand followers. I, someone asked what my sexuality was and I was pretty honest and said, you know, what I would probably say now about how bisexuality, about how I liked both men and women, um, but labels kind of freaked me out. But I didn't like really blatantly come out until January 2021. I started dating women. And even when I started dating women at this time, I never imagined being so public about it or coming out. Um, But, you know, things happen and it just felt right come that spring to announce it. And I was with a woman at the time, so I just wanted to be on the same page. I wanted to share that part of my life. I came out on Instagram and YouTube and overall I received very positive support. So thank you to everyone. And I was just on such a high, like that time of your life. Oh my gosh. Without being too redundant in the story, after that relationship ended, I I ended up meeting my current partner and finding myself at a very struggling time with my identity and who I am because I had just worked up so much strength and courage and work to like my new identity and like work and strength and courage to come out and I just received all this great feedback and you know, I was with a woman at the time, so I thought, okay, well, I must just like women. My, I didn't really think about, because when I'm with someone, like, I only have eyes for that person. So I just didn't think that I liked men. And then, you know, I met Ashton and suddenly I only have eyes for him and it left me confused again. And I think I was worried about people misunderstanding my intentions or not even understanding maybe that I was struggling with my identity. And at this point, I I still hadn't found a label that I was comfortable with. I've talked about this a little bit before, but bisexual just never felt like me. Um, and no hate to other people that use that label, but it, I, it's just one that I never really felt comf- like completely myself with. But because I liked both genders, I was like, yeah, I I must be bisexual, but biphobia just had such a hold on me, and it was hard because um, I think a lot of people that identify as bisexual can relate to the biphobia of, you know, you, you don't feel like completely part of the gay community, but you don't feel completely part of the straight community, and there are both, um, people from that are either heterosexual or 
identify as gay or lesbian that don't validate your sexuality because you are bi. And I think that's a really old way of thinking. And um, there are a lot of like, obviously, that's not everyone who's part of the LGBT community that treats bisexuals that way. But um, you will definitely probably encounter biphobia at some point and it's just not fun the term bisexual felt a little bit too restrictive for me too like just this or that I don't know it didn't fit so but then I didn't feel like pansexual was right either um and to be honest I always think of a frying pan when I think of pansexual not the sexual like attraction to a frying pan but the word pan is in it so then I just think cooking pan um Yeah, so for a long time, I didn't have a label that I was completely comfortable with. And even when I was with a woman, I still, like, didn't really feel like I was a lesbian. I called myself that sometimes, and I was trying out different hats, you know, metaphorically, like, trying out different labels, but none of them really felt right for me. And the other thing, too, is you don't even need a label. And that's something that, you know, my partners in the past have told me or even my therapist, and it's nice to have that comfort of not everyone has a label and you don't have to feel like you need to have a label. So for a while, I didn't have a label that I was in love with and I accepted being called a certain, like, couple of things, but um, I would avoid mentioning a label at all costs, you know? I would say WLW, which means woman loving woman, or... um, I would just say coming out or use gay as more of an umbrella term. But as I was starting to date my current partner and trying to find something that fit, I I learned to really love the term queer because it was such an umbrella term. Someone who's queer could like both genders or more than two genders. Someone who's queer could be completely gay or just a little bit gay. And the thing about sexuality is that it is a spectrum. And some people may always feel like they are like 99% hetero or 99.999% gay, but it's a spectrum and like all spectrums, things will fluctuate. And I've gone through phases of my life where, you know, I felt 90% one way and maybe 10% the other or 50-50 or a complete flip to like 20-80. And that's what made it so hard to find a label that fit well for me because I didn't feel like the same person every single day or depending on who I was dating, it might make the spectrum shift a little bit. But queer worked for everything and I can be queer and still like both genders or still date men and women and um I know there are more than two genders so I don't want to say both genders but like any gender and as soon as I really it was just the first label that really clicked so I feel comfortable now identifying as queer and dating a man because even though I am dating a man, it does not invalidate my queerness at all. And I really do appreciate that he does validate my queerness in all ways that he can and allowing me to feel like my full self, um, which doesn't take away like how I feel about him. It's just allowing me to 
still feel connected to an identity that I was afraid of losing when I started dating a man again. And that sounded like mannequin when I said dating a man again. Um, But I think the crux of what made it so difficult for myself to accept who I was and am is because I put so much work into accepting that I like women, like publicly coming out and saying that and like learning to love that part of me that I always hid. And I worked up so much courage to come out publicly to a fairly large following that when I found myself involved with a man again, it almost felt like like a failure, not to him, but like to me, to who I struggled so hard to finally find and accept. Like I felt like I was letting that side of me down almost because she worked so hard to love herself and come out and feel free. Like I had never felt as free as I did the first few months of summer of 2021 when I came out. I felt completely myself and I still feel that way now, but at that time in my life when it was that moment, that's what it was like. So I was so afraid that once I started developing feelings for a man that that girl who I became would like disappear, which is all false. It had nothing to do with the man himself or like that connection, which I value both so greatly and I love my partner, but which I value both so greatly. It had nothing to do with that, but everything to do with this radiant, now confident woman I identified as who took pride and joy in dating women. It almost felt like all that work was for nothing or that I might lose who I became by saying like, psych, guess I'm not completely gay. I'm dating a man now. Like, I didn't want to do that. Um, And I didn't want people to think I was lying or not being my authentic self because I was. I, I had a moment... I remember when I came out to my therapist who I came out to first, like as an adult, because like I said, like I've told some friends growing up, but I I wasn't like with a woman at the time. So even though it is valid, you know, that internal feeling of like, can I really say this if I've never, if I don't have experience, like that was kind of lingering in my mind. But the first person that I like told about who I was seeing and dating women, it was my therapist. And... I kept, like, the woman I was seeing, I was dating a secret for a while, but I was so giddy and, like, bursting at the seams at that point. I just had to tell my therapist about it. Um, And I remember at the end of our conversation, she smiled and she said, congratulations, this is your moment, enjoy it. And I totally get what she meant because that first queer relationship, that first coming out, like, euphoria that you're on, oh my gosh, it is, like, being a teenager again. Um, The whole concept of having a second puberty when you come out and experience everything for the first time again, but as someone who's queer, like, the, the high is real. That's, like, the best way, I think, to describe the ride that I was on from January 21, or January 2021 to about June 2021. Um, And besides my immediate family, Every single person was so happy for me and so supportive. I was afraid of, like, almost letting them all 
down by having to come clean that I was now with a man, which is dumb. Um, because obviously, like, if they love me, they're going to support whoever I'm dating. But it, it, it sort of made sense at the time in my head. Um, and a big part of it is due to, like, the black and white misconception of sexuality that I think my younger self really had. Because it's not actually just lesbian, gay, bi, or any other of the small amount of labels that make up the LGBTQ term, but like that's why there's a plus at the end. It's everything else in between. It's a spectrum. It's fluid. It's not necessarily labeled, nor does one's sexuality always have to be labeled. And I struggled with that a lot when I was younger. I struggled with um, the term bi, and I used to say I just love who I love, and most of the time it's a man, but it might be a woman. I struggled with the term lesbian because it felt invalid that I had dated men in the past, but I was with a woman at that time, so I had to be a lesbian, right? And I only had, and because I only had eyes for my partner, I kind of just assumed it would make sense if I was. I don't know. I allowed my close friends to refer to me as bi, gay, or lesbian because I said it didn't matter and any was fine, but labels made it harder than like the sexuality itself. I was definitely more stressed out with labels than my actual like dating life or like who I was attracted to or connected with. Um, And I think that's why when I was dating a man, I had a hard time accepting it because it all tied back to labels and I had just become comfortable calling myself gay or a lesbian online but now that I'm dating him it was invalid and I wasn't and I still do get hate comments sometimes on TikTok of people that watch a video of me with my partner or see something about me dating a a man and they'll say something like why do you call yourself a lesbian if you're dating a man or They'll accuse me of queer baiting or saying that I'm not actually gay or take it out of your bio if you're dating a man. There is so much biphobia on TikTok. And even though I don't identify as bi, like there's the phobia of someone that may like more than one gender. Like they see a TikTok about me, something about me with a woman or dating a woman or being queer. And then they could see a TikTok of me with my current partner and then leave something hateful or accuse me of not actually being the identity that I say that I am in my bio. And it's really hurtful because um, it's just right where, right where it hurts. I mean, <laughs> so like even though I'm queer, there are still people that don't understand that. Um, and that's what made it really difficult because I was afraid that the whole world might feel... And it's not that big of a deal. I know I don't matter that much. But like in the moment when you have these fears, like you feel like the whole world is going to respond the way that that one mean person on TikTok did. And that really stressed me out. But, you know, it really was just me realizing that you don't have to have a label and queer can mean so many different things. And just because I am with a man, it doesn't take away any queer part of me. It doesn't invalidate that I like more than just that gender. It doesn't validate who I was or who I am. And I'm so grateful and lucky that I do have a very supportive um, ally partner and he allows me to feel and be exactly who I am. And I just know that if I wanted to like go to Pride in the summer, he'll be right there with me. If I wanted to 
um i don't know go to like the gay 90s i feel like he probably like i would no offense to those people that do go but i just don't go out anymore um yeah i just know he'll support me and like we were walking by a store last june that had a chalkboard out and someone it was something to do with pride and people were writing like i'm gay or something like that on that and we were walking by and Ashton's like, do you want to go write on that chalkboard? And I was like, yeah, actually. But it was cute. And I'm glad that he he doesn't like restrict me to a box or doesn't feel weird that I may have like dated a woman before him. Um, so yeah, I think having that supportive partner makes all the difference too. And um allowing me to not be ashamed of who I am or who I was is really important and I love him so much. So it's it's easy to admit that I like men when I'm dating such a great man. Okay, that was really corny. <laughs> but I think I covered everything I want to talk about on that topic though and I hope that made sense and you understood a little bit of my journey with coming to terms with my sexuality and why I kind of you know, struggled behind the scenes or was worried about showing off my current relationship, which I'm so past at this point. Like once we hit the one year mark, I was posting about it and now I feel like I can't shut up about him. So I definitely am not shy of showing my relationship online now. And I know that everyone who follows me supports me and wants me to be happy and understands that like, People, not even mistakes. I was going to say people make mistakes, but this wasn't a mistake. Like, people just shift and alter and change over time. And like I said, sexuality is fluid and it's all a spectrum. So, learning to understand that and accept who I really am, um, yeah, it was the most important lesson learned. But um, it's definitely something that, like, my younger self could have benefited from, but I'm glad that she knows now that it's okay. And I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Uh, That was a little bit about my week and my current love for cooking, different places in the cities I've been to. Yeah, it felt like a really good recap and um, conversation about sexuality and labels and all of that. But I have a huge list of topics that I want to talk about. So I don't know which one I'm going to do next week. I'm looking at the list of ideas right now. So maybe I'll do an episode on my unpopular opinions or biggest icks and red flags. Um, We'll see what I'm vibing with next week. But I do have a ton of ideas. So I love that fresh feeling of like inspiration basically. And I want to chase that as long as I can. So definitely make sure that you are either subscribed or following this podcast on whatever platform you listen to your podcasts on. Please leave a five-star review and follow the podcast Instagram. Follow my Instagram. I've got a couple of referral links in the description box if anything catches your eye. And thank you so much for listening. I'll see you guys next week. Bye!